Well, hey everybody, welcome to East Cobb Church. So glad you joined us. Uh, excited about the next few weeks here at East Cobb Church. Like Jamie said, we're starting a series called Solomon Says. Uh, and Solomon, if you don't know, he was known as one of the wisest men to ever walk the earth. And we're looking at what he said in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is in the Old Testament. It's a collection of Solomon's words of wisdoms. It's a collection uh, of his advice on ways that we can get life right. And the book of Proverbs has been so helpful for me in my life. I hope it's helpful for you in your life today and in the coming weeks. But before we get to that, I wanted to introduce myself to you if we don't know each other yet. I know some of you, but if we don't know each other yet, my name is Nick Wiedemann. I'm the high school pastor here at East Cobb Church. And my job is a lot of fun. Uh, You can imagine that high school ministry is fun, but it really is a lot of fun. And one of the reasons why it's so fun for me to work at Inside Out is because Inside Out actually changed my life when I was in high school. I grew up in a family that didn't go to church. Uh, We started going to church when I was in middle school and I loved it. I had a lot of fun at church in middle school, but I didn't end up uh, really figuring out and discovering what it meant to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior until I was a freshman in high school. And so I did that as a freshman. I placed my faith in Jesus. And for the next four years in high school at Inside Out, I had a crew of close friends and two amazing small group leaders that walked with me through it all. Like through it all, it was the best. In fact, those guys, we still keep up today. We have a group text that we, we connect in. And whenever someone comes in at, into town that lives out of town, we get lunch. Or if there's a major life event that happened, we keep each other updated. I had an awesome time at Inside Out. And that's why it's so fun for me to work at Inside Out is I get a chance to hopefully recreate that for the high school students here in Cobb County. Hopefully, uh, maybe you have a high school student, hopefully recreate that for one of your students while they're in high school. And that's why it's so fun for me. But instead of just telling you about my time in high school, I wanted to actually show you kind of what my high school world looked like. And so here on the screen behind me, you'll see a picture of me in high school. I'm on the far left there. That's at a camp. Yep, the scrawny one. I'm sorry for the, uh, for the quality. This was off of Facebook in 2009. Uh, my freshman year of high school, I'm at a camp called Vertical Reality. And the fun thing about Vertical Reality is that we actually still do Vertical Reality. Uh, we actually took high school students to Vertical Reality earlier this year in February. We had an awesome time. And it's so fun for me to go to Vertical Reality as a student, but then to get to now lead students at camp. Um, And so that's me on the left. I'm a little scrawny. I know I look more like a sixth grader than a ninth grader. I don't know what happened between then and now. Ninth graders don't look like that anymore. Like they look like adults now. I don't get it. Um, But the good news is God actually is a miracle worker because you fast forward to last year in 2021, I got to marry this amazing woman. Her name is Caroline. Uh, Somehow God took that scrawny freshman boy to marry This beautiful woman, she's actually right here. If you don't know Caroline, you need to say hello because she's amazing. Being married to her is the best. Uh, And Caroline and I, we have a dog named Hazel. Here's our dog uh, up there. There's Hazel. And she's awesome too. Uh, I didn't grow up with dogs. So growing up, I always thought that dog people were crazy. Like, you know how you see someone with their dog acting a certain way or saying words a certain way. They like speak a foreign language to their dog. I always thought dog people were crazy growing up, but then we rescued Hazel and I got it. Like I did a total 180. I am a dog person now. Uh, And so there's a little bit about our lives. We just bought a house in the area, Caroline and I did. We bought a house over near Marietta Square and we love it. Um, It's an old house. It's got a lot of character. It's cozy, but the appliances were recently renovated, which is a win. So it was like move in ready for us. It's awesome. Uh, We love our house. We love where we live. 
See what I did there? <laughs> we really do. We love where we live. We love our house. We love our neighbors. It's amazing. But I need to tell you a story about when we first moved in. Uh, this is back in November. We had moved into the house, but we hadn't really unpacked yet. You know how it is. You move into a house, but you don't really move in until like two months later. Like the boxes kind of stay around the house back then. Or if you're anything like us, it's eight months later and you're still trying to unpack and get settled. <laughs> um, so this is back when we first moved in. And uh, I typically don't beat Caroline home from work. Like she normally leaves the office early and makes it home to work before I do. But this particular day, I beat her home from work. And I decided, you know what? I'm gonna be a good husband and earn some brownie points here and prepare a nice meal for us to eat for dinner. And so I get to thinking on what I could eat. I get to thinking through my options, you know, what would be really nice to treat her to. And I settle on this idea that I'm gonna throw a frozen pizza in the oven. (laughs) Um, You know, you can't get much nicer than that. And so... Uh, I grab a frozen pizza. Like I said, the appliances in our house are all new. They're recently renovated. Some of this stuff is pretty confusing. I still don't know how some of it works, but I can figure out an oven, right? And so I get the oven preheated. I stick the pizza in the oven. I close it up and we're good to go. Except I couldn't figure out how to start the timer on this dang oven. Like I'm used to timers like this, like, you know, old school timers. I don't know if you can see that maybe in the camera, but it's an old school timer. In fact, the apartment that I lived in before we moved in this house had some of the oldest appliances on the face of earth. And they were great. They worked flawlessly. They were easy to use. But this new oven, I couldn't figure it out. Like there were eight steps to get this thing started. I shouldn't need a user manual to start a timer. And some of you, I know you're probably thinking in your head, you're assuming that I'm an idiot. I promise you I'm not. It was really, really hard, okay? Um, And so I poke around for a little bit. I try to figure it out. I can't get it started. And so at some point, I lose patience. I give up. I say, you know what? Forget it. I'm an adult. I can track time myself. I call Caroline. I let her know that her chef has prepared a nice meal for her to come home to, that a frozen pizza's in the oven, and it'll be ready when she gets home. She goes, great. That sounds good. I'll be home soon. You started the timer, right? You see, Caroline knows that I'm not the most gifted in the kitchen. I'm not the most skilled when it comes to cooking. And so she's checking on the basics, and rightfully so. And here's where I face the decision. You might be thinking that it's an easy decision, but I promise you it was not because I was uh, faced with a decision not just about a kitchen timer, but about my competency, okay? (laughs) Like if I admitted I couldn't start a kitchen timer, I'd be admitting incompetency. And so I could make a decision here. I could tell the truth and let her know that I couldn't get it figured out. Or I could just tell her that the timer was started. She wouldn't even know the difference. When she gets home, the pizza will be ready. We'll be happy. I'll still have the brownie points that I so badly wanted and I would save myself the embarrassment And so that's what I did. She asked me the question. I said, yep, timer is going. 20 minutes and counting. I'll see you when you get home. Love you, bye. Boop, hung up the phone. And here's where I made a mistake because I went into the living room and I turned on ESPN. And at the time back then, uh, the Hawks were playing the Bucks in the playoffs and Trey Young was killing it in these playoffs. Like he was dominating on the court. His highlights were insane. He had a little bit of swagger when he was playing. And so I was captivated by the pregame show. I totally lost track of time. And the next thing I noticed is Caroline's car is pulling into the driveway. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. There's no way she's home already. It was that quick. Where'd the time go? I run into the kitchen. There's smoke everywhere. Like this oven is not an oven. It's a chimney. There is smoke coming out of the sides, the front, the back. Caroline walks in and she just shakes her head. She goes, you didn't start the timer, did you? <laughs> I'm like, y'all, I was embarrassed for the next month and a half because everything that we cooked tasted like charred, pizza crust. It was bad. It was bad. And uh, I'm sure you can imagine the conversation that followed didn't go so well. 
It didn't help that we were both hangry and now we were fanning smoke out of our kitchen windows with the remains of a pizza box. That wasn't my best moment. And understandably, Caroline asks me, hey, why'd you lie about the timer? Like, why'd you lie about that? And when I thought about it, when I considered why I did lie, I didn't really have a good reason. I couldn't really figure out why I lied. And that's what I wanna talk about today, you know, because there's been plenty of times, that's a funny story, we laugh about it. I'm able to share it with you from stage today. There's been plenty of times where I've lied or Caroline's lied or a friend has lied and it hasn't turned into a funny memory. It's definitely not something I would want to share from stage. I wanna talk about lying. If you're anything like me, your initial reaction to that might be, oh, come on, we don't need to hear this, we're adults. Maybe the high school students need to hear this in Inside Out, but we're adults, we're past that. Adults don't lie, kids lie. Like anybody remember in middle school, um, maybe somebody asked you if you had seen a movie and you definitely had not seen that movie yet, but for some reason you lie about seeing it. And then they ask you what your favorite part was and then you lie and have to make up a a fake part or uh, you lie and say that you fell asleep halfway through (laughs) if you don't really know what your favorite part was. That definitely happened to me a few times. Maybe for you when you were a kid, uh, your parents asked you to clean your room. I mean, parents in the room, you know your kids lie about that today. But you did that one day too. You went to your room and you stuffed things under the bed and into drawers. And for some reason, instead of actually taking the time to clean your room and avoiding the consequences down the road, you just lie. And then you get caught. And then you gotta clean your room anyways, but now you're in trouble in cleaning your room. Maybe for you when you were young, you hit your sibling and your parents asked, hey, did you hit your brother or sister? No, I didn't, I promise. Okay, well, yes, but he said this or she did that. They started it. I remember in those moments, my parents didn't even have to work to get the truth out of me. They would just let me lie and then wait long enough for me to spill the truth. You see, kids lie, adults don't lie. We catch kids in lies all the time. But I think if we're honest, we lie as adults too. Like maybe we've just gotten good at it. Maybe we've become more strategic or slyer. We've just gotten good at it. And it's hard to admit because it's in the 10 commandments. No, we don't lie. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we do. Like I know some of you have felt this. I feel this all the time, pretty much every weekend. This is sad, but true. Uh, You're on the couch, you're hanging out. It's Saturday and there's plans on the calendar for Saturday evening. And you made these plans like a month ago. They sounded great at the time, but now today is the day the plans are here. And dang it, you don't wanna go out anymore. You wanna stay in. And so the devil on your shoulder gets to work spinning a web of lies that can get you out of those plans. Y'all, this is me like literally all the time. In fact, cancel plans are like some of the best things that I can hear. How sad is that? But it's true. Like this happened the other weekend. Stranger Things released a new season. Any Stranger Things fans? Yeah. Yeah, they released a new season uh, and I had plans on the calendar, but I lied my way out of those plans so I could just watch one more episode. And we lie our way out of these plans. We say things like, man, I wish I could hang out. I've been really looking forward to, but work is crazy lately and I've really got to catch up this weekend. I got to get ahead on some things this weekend. Or man, I was so excited to hang out with y'all. We really wanted to go out to dinner and do that double date, but my head is killing me. I don't think I can make it. I got to stay in. And meanwhile, like I shared, we're like 57 episodes into the new Netflix show. We're feeling fine. We just lied to get out of it. Why do we do that? Anybody felt like that before? Or maybe you haven't. Maybe you feel like you don't lie. You did when you were a kid, sure, but you hit maturity and you don't lie anymore. You're better than that. But have you ever found yourself bending the truth? Like maybe changing a detail, adding in a detail or taking out a detail. Do you ever bend the truth? Like, I think some of us, if we're honest, we wouldn't call it lying, but maybe we just add in a detail or take something out because it helps us. It doesn't necessarily hurt someone else. It's not gonna hurt somebody, but it helps us. And so we 
bend the truth. Like perhaps for you, it's at work. One time you overslept, you knew you're gonna be late to get to the office. And so you start thinking of ways to get out of it. You pick up your phone, you text your boss and let him or her know that you're gonna be late for work because there's a bad wreck outside your neighborhood. And man, I can't make it on time. Jamie, I promise you, this is just a hypothetical. I've never done this, okay? Um, No, but we bend the truth in ways like that. Maybe for you, uh, when you're talking to your friends about work and the performance last quarter and how good it was, it was good, but for some reason, good isn't good enough. Like good has to be great. And so you bump up the numbers a little bit. You, You bump the numbers up a couple percentages when you're talking about the performance because you gotta maintain this reputation that you're the best salesman, the best manager, the best employee. For some reason, we bend the truth for that. Or maybe for you, you relate to a kid's soccer game or swim meet. Maybe it was a dance recital and on the way you hit some bad traffic, that's true. You can't avoid traffic, you hit some bad traffic on the way and so you share that, you blame it on the traffic. But conveniently for you, you forgot to mention the detail that you stayed at work 30 minutes longer than you knew you could to make it on time. You see, adults lie. If we're honest with ourselves, we lie about things all the time and sometimes it's just little things and sometimes it's just bending the truth, but we lie. And if we catch kids, and kids get in trouble for lying, and we know it's wrong in kids, why do we do it? Like, why do we still lie? If we know it's wrong, why do we still bend the truth? I think it's because of this. I think we lie to protect, preserve, and prolong. We tell lies, we bend the truth, we add details or leave details out in an effort to protect, preserve, or prolong the things that we care about most, like the things that matter to us most. Maybe for you, the one you relate to is protect. Like you've got a reputation at work and you want to protect it. And there's a, for example, there's a a deadline coming up. It's a major deadline. It's a huge project your team has been working on. Your boss has made it really clear that it's an important project, but somewhere along the way, you dropped a ball, you made a mistake, and now you might not meet the deadline. And so in an effort to protect your reputation, an effort to protect your reputation as an employee that delivers and at least delivers on time, most of the time ahead of the time, you lie. You change the details a little bit. You, play, you, uh, you blame it on like the supply chain. I think we can all can relate to that right now. You blame it on the supply chain or a, a vendor that you're working with. Maybe you even blame it on a coworker. And you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't do that, but it's worth it. It's worth it to protect your reputation. Maybe for you, you feel like you lie to preserve. Like you lie to preserve a relationship in your life. I know I shared the pizza story earlier and we laughed about it, but I also mentioned that there's been plenty of times where Caroline and I, uh, we've lied and it hasn't turned into a funny moment. Like maybe you lie to your spouse and you think that you're doing it to preserve the relationship, to preserve the good. Like if you actually told the truth, if you told the whole truth, if you didn't change this detail or leave that detail out, you get in an argument. So in an effort to preserve the good and avoid an argument, You lie, you change a detail, you leave something out, you add something in. Maybe for you it's to prolong. Like, I've totally been in a situation like this, but you found a friend, uh, a group of friends that you finally feel like you fit in with, you finally feel like you belong with a group of friends. And if we're honest, finding friends as an adult is really hard to do. And so you're just thankful that you found a group. But if you're honest with yourself, you don't really fit in. Like, if you were your real self, if you actually like talked about what you really like, you wouldn't fit in as well. You might not fit in at all. And so in an effort to prolong your belonging, you lie, you act like somebody you're not. You act interested in things you're really not interested in in an effort to prolong your belonging. And if we can pause for a second, that's the same thing that happened when we were in middle school, right? Like when we lied about seeing a movie, 
That was to prolong our belonging. It was to prolong the feeling of fitting in with a friend group. The only thing that's changed is our age and what we talk about. And so we lie to protect, preserve, and prolong. We lie to do these things for the things that we care about the most. And it works. It pays off. When we lie and we omit a detail, we avoid that argument. We maintain the reputation. It works. Or at least it seems to. Like it seems to pay off when we bend the truth or change a detail. But what if it doesn't really? Like what if it doesn't actually work? That's what Solomon has to say about this. Solomon says that, yeah, your lies feel convenient now, but they are costly later. Your lies are convenient now, but they are costly later. They're convenient now because it feels easy and it feels like you're protecting, prolonging, and preserving. But they are costly later. He says there is a lie about lying, and if we don't get a hold of it, it's going to cost us big time down the road. He's calling out a lie about lying that some of us didn't even know existed, and that others of us know to be true, but we act like it's not. And he's saying, if we don't get a hold of it, it's going to cost us down the road. But if we do listen to Solomon's wisdom, if we listen to his instruction and listen to his advice, I think that we will take steps in the direction of getting life right. If we listen to his wisdom, we'll get our relationships right, our careers right, our reputations right, and our character, the character that you want to build in your life, we'll get it right if we listen to his wisdom. And so we're about to take a look at what he has to say, but I want you to just Get over the fact that you think this might be something for high schoolers and, and, and just listen in for a second as an adult that might need to make a change in the way that you handle the truth and the way that you change details, bend details. I know I need to do this in my life as well. Here's what he says. It's in Proverbs 12, 19. Solomon says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. First thing to know is that in uh, ancient Hebrew wisdom literature, they used a lot of uh, figurative language. And so what Solomon isn't saying, and hopefully you know this, but what he isn't saying is that a liar's tongue will just poof, disappear right in the moment. It's not gonna happen. He's also not saying that someone that tells the truth will have lips that work in the grave beyond uh, their death. Like, thank goodness that's not true. If you stumbled upon a grave and saw some working lips, you'd probably be like, ah! like, that'd be terrifying. You don't want that to happen. Uh, no, he has a deeper meaning for this piece of wisdom. It's a much more meaningful truth that we can pull from this. Because what he's doing is he's challenging something that's widely and broadly assumed in our culture. He's, he's calling out something that is literally woven into the way that our culture operates. It's woven into the fabric of the way that our culture operates. And it's in the second half of this verse that I think we should start to feel a little unsettled. That we should start to rethink what we do. Because he's calling out the lie about lying that we tend to believe. He's calling out a lie about lying and saying, hey, you think that lying is going to protect, preserve, and prolong. You think that bending the truth is going to pay off, but it's not. In reality, when you lie, when you bend the truth, what you're really doing is this. What you're really doing is starting a timer. It's not gonna pay off. It's not gonna prolong or preserve or protect anything. When you lie, you're starting a timer. You know this to be true. You've seen it play out in your lives. Lies don't last. You have seen that play out probably numerous times. And if we're honest, you know this to be true. You know that lies perpetuate. Lies perpetuate because in order to keep from getting caught in a lie, what do we often do? 
you can say, yeah, yeah, that's right, we lie some more. Like we tell another lie to get out of the current lie. Lies perpetuate, this to me feels like maybe not a kitchen timer, but a timer uh, uh, like your parking meter, a timer ticking down on your parking meter. You're out to dinner and you're enjoying conversation. Maybe it's not the front of your mind, but it's over here and you know that time is ticking down and you've gotta keep that thing going. The same is true for your lies. Like when you tell a lie, you're maybe able to forget about it for a moment, but that ticking is going on and you're conscious of how much time is left on the clock. And so you tell another lie and another lie in order to give the timer another twist or put more time on the clock in that relationship, in that job, on your reputation that you've worked to build. But you're not actually doing that because your lies are perpetuating. The ticking clock is becoming more and more consuming. The ticking is growing louder and louder because another thing that lies are, and you know this as well, but lies are preoccupying. Lies are preoccupying. It's, it's kind of like this one to me when I was, when I was writing this felt like uh, the timer on an exam in a college classroom. You can remember that anxiety, like thank God we don't have to live through that anymore. But you're there, you're trying to focus on the questions and get through the exam, but out of the corner of your eye and in the back of your mind, you're wondering, is time running out? Lies are the same, they're preoccupying. You're out to dinner, you're talking to a friend, you're in a situation that you lied in and you're always aware of the ticking clock. Is there enough time? And sometimes, if we're honest, they're not big lies that we tell. We just change the details a little bit. Add something in, take something out, give the timer a little twist. Make sure there's time on the clock. You see, your own hearts are in agreement with what Solomon has to say in his truth. Your own hearts know that lies don't last. But Solomon says it's actually worse than that. Solomon says it gets worse because it's actually more important than that and the fact that your ob- the objects of your lies don't last either. You see, it's not just a timer on the words you say. It's not a timer on the lies you tell. It's a timer on the things that you care about. The things that are built on the lies that you tell, the things that are built on the details you change, those things won't last either. He says lies are convenient now, but they are costly later. And that's what he means by that because it feels like you're protecting, prolonging, and preserving, but down the road, time is going to run out. He says, you think you're protecting, you're actually endangering. You're actually endangering. You think you're protecting that relationship or maybe it's the intimacy in your marriage, the trust in your marriage, the closeness in your marriage. You think that you're protecting that by changing some details here or there. You might not even realize that you're doing it, but what you're actually doing is endangering it. You're not preserving, you're eroding you think you're preserving that, that, that reputation that you have at work. You think that you're preserving that uh, character you've worked so hard to develop at work. You're actually eroding it. You're wearing it down and time is ticking. And lastly, you're not prolonging, you're shortening. You think you're prolonging the time that you have in that friend group or with that relationship. You're not. In reality, you're just starting a timer. And the time is ticking down. And the time's gonna keep ticking until the things that you want to protect are now in danger. The things that you wanted to preserve have been eroded. And the things that you wanted to prolong are gone. The timer will keep ticking until this happens. Make it laugh for you guys. Until the time runs out. Until the timer goes off. And Solomon says that's true, but also you need to know the opposite. The opposite is also true. He says this in scripture. He says, truthful lips endure forever. So we just took a look at the second half. And in the first half, 
he's just saying, he's just mentioning something that contrasts. He can, he's contrasting lying with the truth. And in turn, he's contrasting a mere moment in time with an endless amount of it. He's contrasting lies with truth in a mere moment in time with an endless amount of it. He's saying you're buying a lie by believing that lies will last. In fact, if you wanna take the timer out of the equation, you gotta tell the truth. You gotta tell the truth. We think that our lies will add time to the clock, but the truth stops the ticking. The truth stops the ticking. He says, stop buying the lie. The truth stops the ticking. The truth takes it out of the equation. But if we're honest, it's a lot easier for me to stand up here and talk about the truth than to actually put this into practice. Like if it were so easy, I wouldn't need to talk about it from up here because telling the truth can actually be pretty hard to get right in our lives. Like if we actually take analysis of how we're doing on this, there's probably tons of little white lies that go on in our lives. And so this can be really hard to get right. And that's because lies are convenient in the moment. Like it is true that lies are sometimes easier to share, easier to speak than the truth. And that's because like Solomon says that lies are convenient now, but costly later, there's also a warning that comes with the truth. And it's this, he says that the truth can be painful in the moment, but it pays off in the long run. The truth can be painful in the moment. You know that, that's why people say truth hurts. Like that's a thing. The truth can be painful in the moment, but it pays off in the long run. Bosses or managers, you know this to be true at work. If an employee actually owns up to his or her mistake, if they accept the feedback, take the blame, they're able to be developed into an employee that you are going to trust far more down the road and experience the payoff of that trust as compared to someone or an employee that dodges the blame passes it off, lies or bends the truth to escape that kind of feedback. It's true for your marriage. Like the truth can be really painful in a marriage. It can be hard to speak and share the truth. But if you will step into that pain, if you'll uh, accept the fact that it might hurt, the payoff down the road, man, you will experience trust and closeness and intimacy on a whole new level. It's true for uh, your friendships. Isn't it true like, you know, I've, I've had this experience in my life. I'm sure you have as well. But when you go out with a friend or a friend group and you guys actually talk about something real for once, you're like, man, I love this group. I love you guys. Like when we're true and honest and real with our friends, we feel it in the moment. But it's hard. It's hard to actually go there in our conversations. And so we scrape by with surface level conversations in our circles. But if you'll accept the fact that it might be hard, it might be painful, it's gonna get harder to get right and step into that present pain and those types of friendships. Man, the payoff that you'll experience from those friendships down the road, they're the type of people that will have your back. They're the type of people that will know what you're going through and be able to show up for you when you need them. The truth is painful or it can be painful in the moment, but it pays off in the long run. But because it's painful in the moment, so often we put on these blinders and we forget about the long run. We just focus on the here and now and we trade short-term or we trade long-term consequences for short-term convenience. We forget about down the road, we forget about the long-term and so we trade our long-term consequences for short-term convenience and we buy the lie. We buy into the lie that Solomon is warning us against and so we settle for present easy. We change the detail, we tell a little white lie or maybe it's a big lie and we buy that it's convenient now and we forget about the consequences down the road and that's what I wanna challenge you to not do today is don't trade long-term consequences for short-term convenience. Take off 
the blinders. It's not gonna be easy. In fact, it's going to be easier to tell the lie because again, lies are convenient now, but costly later, but don't forget that cost part. Yeah, it's gonna be easier to tell the lie or change the truth or add a detail, take out a detail now, but don't forget about the cost that's going to come. Don't forget that when you do that, a timer is started and it is ticking. Take the timer out of the equation, speak the truth, embrace the present pain and remember the future payoff. And so as we leave today, or as we close, I wanna actually challenge you to apply this in your life. I'm gonna be trying to apply it in my own life as well. This is a hard thing to get right. But I think uh, as, as, you, as you've heard this, you're the only one that can actually apply this in your own life. Like we've all experienced this. We've all gone through this. We all know what it feels like to be faced with this, the decision of changing a detail or lying or telling the truth. You're the only one that can do this for yourself. You're the only one that can stop the clock and build on something solid. You're the one that can build on the truth. And I think the best place to start with that is simply by asking yourself this question. Where are you tempted to truth bend? Maybe you wouldn't call it lying. You don't know if it's that big of a deal, but where are you tempted to, to bend the truth? Where are you tempted to change a detail, leave something out, add something in? Where am I tempted to truth bend? Perhaps for you, it is in your career. I know we've talked about that a few times, but it might be the true statement for you that it's in your career. You need to commit to telling the truth and commit to building on the truth in your career or with your boss. Lying for you or changing details has been a way to cut corners and get ahead. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world and everyone's doing it. And so you've got to do it in order to stay in the hunt. You've got to do it to keep your reputation as one of the top salesmen, employees, managers. You've got to do it. But maybe it's time to step back and remember the long-term consequences. Don't just focus on the short-term convenience. That might mean you face some present tense setbacks, some short-term embarrassment when you get feedback or criticism for not pulling your weight. Maybe, but you're, trade, you're not trading that short-term convenience for long-term consequences because you're building on something solid. You're building your character and your reputation on something that will last. Maybe for you, it's in your marriage or in your family. Again, we've talked about that a couple times. Um, maybe now is when you need to commit to stop lying in those relationships, to stop bending the truth in those relationships. Maybe it's with your wife, your husband. Maybe it's with your kids, your parents. Could be your siblings. Maybe for you, it's your best friends. Maybe you need to commit to start building on the truth in those relationships and embracing that there might be some present pain, but it's going to pay off in the future. For you, it might be social media. I know this one is true for me. Like Instagram and Facebook seem to be just platforms built on lies. They are high risk area for lying. And look, I love Instagram as much as the next guy, but they are high risk areas for lying. And you might be laughing and thinking that's not such a big deal, especially compared to these other things. But I think it is important that we talk about this as well because um, it is so easy to lie on social media. Like, What's so, what's so wrong with posting a perfectly curated picture of how happy I am when really I'm not that happy and my life kind of feels like a mess? Or like, what's so wrong with posting that perfect corner? Y'all, Caroline, she's right here. She's gonna get mad at me. Uh, but <laughs> she does this all the time. She will take a picture of a corner of a room in our house where the light is hitting. It's just like, yes, it's perfect. And she'll take a picture of it and it looks great. It does look perfect. It looks peaceful and all put together. But what the Instagram world doesn't see is that there's a Mount Everest size pile of clothes and mess going on behind the camera. And yeah, we laugh about it and it's funny. I, I like it is funny, but 
It's a problem because then what you're doing is you're creating unrealistic expectations for the people around you. They're seeing what you're posting and thinking that that is your real life and it's an unrealistic expectation. It hurts them, but not only that, it hurts you because you're robbing yourself of being truly and fully known by the people. Maybe it's just an internet friend, but your real friends follow you on the internet too and you're robbing them the chance of knowing you and what's going on. And look, I'm not saying you gotta post all the messes with all the highlights. I'm just saying maybe check your heart when you post if it is to preserve an unrealistic and ideal image of yourself and of your life, maybe look into that, figure out if you're lying about that on the internet. It might be to yourself. I think a lot of us struggle with this one. You might be lying to yourself. Like you're faced with a decision and you know that there's a right decision and a wrong decision, but the right decision, man, is going to be so much harder than the wrong decision. And so you start lying to yourself. You start manipulating the truth. You start trying to bend it in a way that the wrong decision might be right. Like, oh, I don't know if it's actually wrong. And you, you settle for that short-term convenience, making the wrong decision. You trade the long-term consequence, making the wrong decision. Or maybe for you, if you're lying to yourself, it's about your emotions. You face something difficult and you actually have some real feelings about that. Like you're hurt or you're anxious, you're stressed, you're embarrassed, you might be sad any of those things, but you know, and I know that emotions are messy. They're hard to get right. And so you lie to yourself about what you're feeling. You tell yourself you're not actually feeling any of those things. No, 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 you're fine. You don't need to deal with any of that. And so you're lying to yourself. You're settling for the short-term convenience of feeling okay. And you're robbing yourself and setting yourself up for a long-term consequence of being unhealthy. Don't settle for that. Don't lie to yourself. Perhaps for you, you've been lying to God. It's something that I've definitely been guilty of. You might think that the guy on stage wouldn't get this wrong, but I definitely do. Like maybe for you, you feel like God wouldn't want anything to do with the regular old real you. Like if he really knew you, God wouldn't want to do with you, wouldn't want to do anything with you. You're lying to God and that won't last. It can't last because when you approach God with a fake personality, you're building your faith on a house of cards. And if I can just be honest with you for a second, God doesn't want that from you. He doesn't want that for you. No, God wants to know you, like the real, honest, genuine, real life you. He has grace for who you are. We sing about it all the time. It's unbelievable, incredible. It's amazing grace. He has grace for who you are, and he just wants to know you. And sure, down the road, like he's gonna grow and change you. God loves you way too much to let you stay how you currently are but before any of that happens, he just wants to know you. And so maybe today you need to commit to being real and honest and open with God in the, in the way that you pray to him or the time that you spend with him to stop going King James version, if you will, like start, stop using all these words you don't normally use and saying thy and thou and praying like, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Like maybe it's time to like drop that in a serious way and to commit to being real with God, whatever it is for you. Maybe I mentioned it, maybe I didn't. You know what it is. You know the area in your life that you need to commit and stop bending the truth in. And I think if you do, it might be hard in the present tense, it might be hard in the short term, but I think if you do, it will pay off in the long run. I think that your relationships, your friendships, your career, your character, your relationship with God, I think all of these things will be better off as a result if you commit to that. And yeah, it's going to be hard in the present tense, but remember to not trade present pain for future consequences. Don't, don't trade short-term convenience for long-term consequences. 
I'd love to pray for us and then we're gonna dismiss, but um, yeah, let's pray first. Father, thank you so much for uh, Solomon and for the way that you created him and the wisdom that you gave him. And thank you for the way that he shared his wisdom with us. We're able to learn and grow from it still today, all these years later, we're so incredibly grateful. I pray for these uh, people of East Cobb Church that we would go into our communities and live different, that we would go against what culture says and believes about lying, that we people committed to the truth and that our relationships, our church, our relationship with you would be different as a result and that people would notice, God. Give us the strength and remind us to do that this week and in the coming weeks. And I pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen.